Hello, 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 everybody out there in podcast land. This is Hardcore ER number seven. And today I have Mary back with me. Hello, everybody. Glad to have you back. Did you miss me? Well, I see you every day, but <laughs> I did miss your your calm calming effect on me. Oh, thank you. In the last episode. I find that when I do them by myself, I, I get pretty intense so uh, it's nice having you here, and I think everybody else likes to, to hear you as well. Thank you so much. So today's hardcore ER is, well, they're all difficult, but I think I'm just going to get right into it. This was a day when I was working in trauma as the trauma nurse. We got a call in from another hospital, ironically was a hospital that I ended up working at many years down the road. The call came in that there was a 15 year old male that had been riding a ATV and had been struck by a truck. We had been told that this young man was coming basically on life support for organ harvesting and that our role was to keep him stable enough for the organs to be harvested and our understanding was that the family was aware of this and that we needed to talk to them further about you know getting consent and going further on this the actual truth was that The parents had not been told that this child was not being kept alive for organ harvesting. They fully believed that they were coming to this very specific hospital to save his life. I have a pretty strong feeling I know who the ER doctor was that worked on this this child because I had experienced similar situations with him in which I was pretty sickened by his behavior. This doctor had a history of bringing people back to life, quotes in quotes, by basically using tons of medication and over-the-top techniques just to get a heartbeat while on full support just so that they were technically alive. One particular case I worked on with them in which the patient was clearly gone, their soul had departed their body. They were brain dead. And some people would call it heroic measures. I did not call it heroic measures because it was, as far as I concerned, a disrespect and degradation of the body. And after this was done and the person was being airlifted from the hospital, he high-fived everybody. Like, look at me, I'm the hero, look what I did. And I wouldn't high-five him. I just stared him down and continued on with my notes while I felt like I was going to puke. So it's weird that years later I ended up working at a hospital cursing the same doctor that I had cursed years before not knowing who he was. So really, I'm not completely sure it was them, but I'm pr- pretty sure it was them. Okay, so in this case of this boy that was being brought in, 
you suspect that it was this doctor that you then later worked with and he did the same behavior yes okay yes i i don't know if they high-fived at that point but i suspect there was some kind of look at me i'm god behavior Mm. i hated working traumas with him because it was not about maintaining dignity it was not about truly saving someone it was about how far can i take it and Mm. still you know bring them back so you know like his ego basically got in the way yeah i mean I'm going to finish finish this part, but I think that's something we can talk about afterwards. Mm, okay, that sounds good. So this this child arrived, and he had what is called an internal decapitation, which is pretty much they are decapitated, but the skin and, and muscles, say, are intact. But inside, they are decapitated. So basically, they're... Spinal cord becomes sort of disattached. It's severed. It's severed. And okay. so are so are the the bones. So is the spine. Okay. So it's So this is probably from pretty significant force then, I would think. Well, yeah, they were on an ATV and they were struck by a, a big big truck. Also the bones like an eighteen wheeler truck? No. No, not oh, okay. an eighteen wheeler, but a very large, let's say, cube van type type oh. truck. I mean, that's, that's what I was told. Yeah, anyway. well, it was large. It was got big. nothing surrounding you in an ATV anyway, so. They were, cro- he was crossing the road. Right. From coming out of a wooded area, cross the road to another wooded area and right. was struck. Right. And the people that he had been ATVing with, you know, witnessed the whole thing. Right. And then, of course, they tried everything, but, uh, you know. I don't even know how he was still alive, considering. Uh, like, in other words, alive, the fact that he had a heartbeat. Yeah, that he, um, that, yes, exactly. Uh, there must have been some more injury in, in moving the patient. Maybe that's when the internal decapitation happened. Even, you know, maybe the neck was already broken, but... Sometimes in movement and people trying to uh, help, things can, of course, get worse, but that's just them trying to help. Most of the bones were broken in his body, and he had severe, extensive internal damage. So you, you get the patient. They're on full monitors. They're on you know, uh, keeping the heart going, medications, all that type of stuff. And... As we were told what we were supposed to do, which was keep him alive until the surgeons came and what needed to be done needed to be done, we hear a blood-curdling scream come from outside the trauma room doors. The mother had just been asked to sign the paperwork for organ donation. So, okay, picture this. Your child is horribly injured the hospital that he is brought to is has worked on him an air uh, air flight is on its way to pick him up to take him to a specialized hospital they're told that he's stable and being flown to this this hospital 
to be saved. This doctor told the specialized hospital that he's sending someone for organ donation. The mother finds out that her son is not only beyond help, she finds out by someone asking her how they want to go about donating the organs. So we go from hope to complete and utter shocking grief. Yeah. And in in the time it took to drive from one hospital to another. So we hear the scream and there was just chills through all of us and we're we're not quite aware what's going on and the mother rushes through the door, rushes straight to her, her child and is shaking him and embracing him and, and screaming and telling him to, you know, wake, wake up and that he can do it and fight. And, and the father is, is wanting to tear the room up. He's punching a wall and security's on him and one of the most sickening things is as she's as she's picking him up and shaking him around, his body is moving in the most horrible directions because everything's broken. And all we could do was really just stare in shock and disbelief ourselves. We feel betrayed by the other hospital. And we feel the pain of this mother. Now, when I say we, we stopped and stared, that we're talking seconds. Because mm-hmm. the shock hit us. Right, because you thought they already knew that he was dead. Yeah. And so it was a matter of time. We were waiting for him to be transported. He basically came to our ER to be kept alive to then be immediately taken for organ harvesting. Sounds kind of, I know that's not a weird or creepy term. I mean, I understand that organ donation is so important and so many people's lives can be saved with it. It just sounds untowards a bit, but I know it's it's a complex process because you still have to have blood going through the body and they've got to surgically extract these organs that can save other people's lives so and there is a whole process involved in this like there's a lot of people that have to be told and many things have to be organized and what about the people who found out that they were going to get that organ only to be told they're not going to get it yeah that's a lot of that's a big mess so from this arrogant piece of shit doctor doctors they get a lot of flack and there are i think only a couple that really truly deserve it but this this guy makes makes me sick so look at look at how many people he affected devastated with his high five i'm a god and let's call it organ harvesting but cuz i don't want to deal with that woman's emotions i'll leave it to the other hospital for them to get pissed off at so there was clergy and social workers and stuff that had come down to help comfort her and her husband. Her husband had to go to the hospital for his, his, his likely broken arm. And she was given some sedation to help her. 
I was just going to ask that. I was I was wondering if you. I mean, I guess that's probably not an uncommon thing, but in this situation, I I, I can't imagine the range of emotions that she felt. I mean, I mean, there's doctors, and doctors can prescribe. I mean, a, a chart can be made in the. Let's just say, in a situation like this, a doctor can prescribe something to help her at that time. And I heard, we heard her just in this intense mourning. And it's like um, a cry that you, you, you can't describe. Yeah, I can't imagine... I can't imagine that. I just can't. There's no words to think. Of. I'm not a mother, but I can't even think about what that would feel like to lose a child. I don't and like. I don't like to think about it. And the thing is, my son was about the same age. So, in looking at this young man, I kind of, in essence, was looking at my young man, and it was that much her, that much more difficult. So. We, we didn't see the family again. And of course, n- none of the organs were, were going to be harvested. Mm. It, was, it was too late. And so we, uh, we called it, as, as you say. It's a terrible thing. But uh, he, he just couldn't. He died. So the next process is that generally what we would do is we would take the the body of this of this person and bring them into a separate room and let the family have some time with them if we had a, an extra room to do that or try something but the 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 parents had left so we had to prepare his body to go to the morgue now he's got every tube you can imagine coming out of him he's got so many attempts at IOs, which are interosseous needles that go right into the, the, the bones. And let's just say he, he's, he's, you can see every attempt that was made on to, to save his life. So we had to take his clothes off and you, you, keep, the clo- you keep the clothes and you, you remove all the, the surgical or life-saving instruments ivs and intubation and stuff like that but you keep it because it's it's still it's a coroner's case and we here's this young man lying on literally the the bed and as we're moving him around to get him ready his head is just moving in the most horrible ways just and you lift up his arm and it's it's bending in all these different directions and his legs and it's so unnatural it was like a sick marionette type look and it's still like I'm just kind of staring off in the distance when I'm talking about this because No human being should have to leave like this or have this happen to them. Well, I can name a few, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we won't get into that, but mm-hmm. honestly. Well, it was a tragic accident, and but it sounds like he was like shattered from the inside. 
we gave as much care and compassion and respect that you could give to a human being who's passed and getting him ready and putting him in the bag is is a horrible feeling i don't think you ever get used to it we do tie a tag to the toe and it matches up all the documents and when you zip up this bag you zip it up over their head and everything in you as a trauma nurse as a nurse as a a healthcare provider says no 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 you can't zip that over their face they can't breathe they can't breathe they can't breathe so you your your one part of you is like pull down the zipper don't do this or this is terrible but then the other part is like he's gone and then you do lift him on to this cold metal slab like gurney and it seems wrong a body should be on a soft surface so everything about it is is terrible and i've had to do this many times in my career and i never got used to it but this was one of the worst so yeah yeah that's my story about about this tragic tragic accident this this tragic story that has so many elements to it lots of layers for sure and just the ethics i guess behind some of it uh, made it even more more tragic because of the behavior that this surgeon or doctor you know could have saved possibly a lot of a lot of grief and who knows maybe the family might have been more open to organ donation but I guess they felt so betrayed that they just declined and and maybe at that point it was too late uh, for the body the physical body itself to to be anything rescued from it anyway yeah and the family was in no state to make that decision yeah no i mean do you blame them no not at all i i i'm not saying that you're placing any blame i'm more of that's more of a rhetorical no no i know what i know what you're saying i i'm i'm saying i i totally i sympathize and i i i feel this tremendous sadness um because obviously she just the shock like you said of hope to to oh here here sign this for organ donation and yeah. they'd be like what what do you mean organ donation like uh, I I I would have passed out or collapsed or something if it was me I'm sure yeah uh, I, again to go from the shock of your child being in a devastating traumatic accident to getting having some hope then to go to a world-class hospital where you're told that he has the best chance possible to being within 10 minutes less than that of being there asking to sign organ donation papers. Mm-hmm. I mean, can you imagine whiplash from, uh, from emotions? It was just... Um, yeah, no, I can't. So, yeah, that's, that's the hardcore ER for today.
That's a tough one. Yeah. That's a very uh, traumatic. I mean, I think for me, I would think that it sounds like his injuries, you know, he was, like you said earlier, his soul was already departed, depending on what your beliefs are. But, you know, I mean, this just sounds like the force of the impact just, you know, almost like knocked his soul right out of his body i mean i hope yeah i i think that i would think something like that he wouldn't even really suffer it just happened so quickly i i mean i don't think he he couldn't have died instantly because he was alive still but he was brain dead let's say instantly so he wouldn't have felt any of it but then you know look at this this is where you can go into a very deep spiritual discussion and I don't think it's my place to to go into something like that. I have my own beliefs and I, I will not ever push them down anybody's throats. But I have seen some things that have caused me to believe that we do have a soul and that there's an essence, whether it's a spirit, whether it's a soul, whatever that I have evidence at least in my own mind that there's something more to it and of course I wouldn't know what that is thinking <laughs> if it has sentient thought right mm. so anyway yeah so that's that's today's today's story that's one of the toughest ones I think that I've heard yeah now in the case of of organ donation because um, I think this is an important addendum sort of to this subject because I really think people should, you know, sign their own, <clears throat> pardon me, I really think that people should sign their organ donor cards. I mean, or at I, least consider it. Or consider it. I mean, some religious beliefs don't allow for that. I, I totally get that. But I mean, you know, for me, what am I going to need it for, right? So if someone else can benefit from it, uh, then I would say, you know, take take what you need, basically, right? So I I believe I'm not gonna, you know, well I know I'm not gonna need that physical body when I'm when I'm gone. So in a process like that, is it? It's almost like transplantation surgery, probably that has to happen, right? They've got to remove these organs with major vessels and important things intact. Well, everything has to be in the best condition possible to give the person who's receiving it the best possible chance. As time ticks away, and it ticks away very fast, there's that golden, those golden minutes, you know, where their chances are best. But from, but from stories that I've read, documentaries I've seen, just, just through life, I see that families often get a lot of comfort from the other person who receives the organ, this life-saving gift. And they seem to sometimes have this incredible connection afterwards. Like I can't imagine how amazing it would feel. This sounds weird me saying it, but just say, well, just say you lost me. And my heart is now in someone else's heart and you meet them, you could put your head to their chest and still hear my heart beating. So there's got to be some kind of comfort in the fact that 
that's my heart in there, even though it's their blood flowing through it and, and their brain and, and maybe some of the best of me, I don't know, flakes off a little bit. <laughs> yeah. But do you I know mean, what I mean? So, so there's, I think there's more than just this gift of life. There's this unbelievable connection that, that can, that can happen. That through all the grief a family goes through, they can still get some comfort knowing that some lives were saved and they can almost get as close to touching and getting close to that, that person as possible. So, yeah. So please consider everyone organ donation. Signing those papers. Mm -hmm. It's understood for religious reasons and stuff like that, but some people just don't sign it because they don't think about it. It's like, oh, I got a new license. Boom. You know, you put it in your wallet or, or something like that. But yeah, please consider doing that. I think in Ontario now, it's just something you, a box or something you tick off when, it you, is. when you renew your license now. I just renewed my license recently. But you know what? They don't take fresh pictures all the time now. <laughs> I still have like a nasty old picture. So how they, like, I could be completely changed. And they have this nasty old picture. In fact, when I got the picture done, I was sick as a dog. I had like some wicked sinus infection and I look like my face had blown up. You still have your beautiful blue eyes. Oh my goodness. We're making everybody listening to this go, uh, 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 need an <laughs> insulin injection. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's it for today. I... I don't want to say I hope you all enjoyed this because this is not enjoyable, but uh, thank you for listening to me share some of the more sad and darker parts of the ER, and you'll hear from me soon. Bye for now. Take care, everyone. Remember to love each other, love yourself, respect each other, and respect yourself. Peace. One love. I'm